Chess-Playing Excitement, Scientific American, December the 24th, 1859. The achievements of our young countryman Paul Morphy in vanquishing the most distinguished chess players of Europe have excited in our people a very pardonable degree of national pride. Hence they have exhibited a strong exultant feeling in welcoming him back to his native land as the chess champion of the world. He has been received with high demonstrations in several cities, and public testimonials of great value have been presented to him while at the same time poets have sung and sages have delivered orations in his praise. At some of these exhibitions there was a considerable display of buncombe, especially at the one held in Boston, where some of our scientific friends rather overdid the thing by their adulations. Yet all this might be overlooked if such influences extended no further than the time and place when and where these effusions were uttered. But we regret to state that this is not the case. A pernicious excitement to learn and play chess has spread all over the country, and numerous clubs for practicing this game have been formed in cities and villages. Why should we regret this, it may be asked? We answer, chess is a mere amusement of a very inferior character, which robs the mind of valuable time that might be devoted to nobler acquirements, while at the same time it affords no benefit whatever to the body. Chess has acquired a high reputation as being a means to discipline the mind, because it requires a strong memory and peculiar powers of combination. It is also generally believed that skill in playing it affords evidence of a superior intellect. These opinions, we believe, are exceedingly erroneous. Napoleon the Great, who had a great passion for playing chess, was often beaten by a rough grocer in St. Helena. Neither Shakespeare, Milton, Newton, nor any of the great ones of the earth acquired proficiency in chess playing. Those who have become the most renowned players seem to have been endowed with a peculiar intuitive faculty for making the right moves, while at the same time they seem to have possessed very ordinary faculties for other purposes. A game of chess does not add a single new fact to the mind. It does not excite a single beautiful thought, nor does it serve a single purpose for polishing and improving the nobler faculties. Persons engaged in sedentary occupations should never practice this cheerless game. They require outdoor exercises for recreation, not this sort of mental gladiatorship. Those who are engaged in mental pursuits should avoid a chessboard as they would an adder's nest, because chess misdirects and exhausts their intellectual energies. Rather, let them dance, sing, play ball, perform gymnastics, roam in the woods or by the seashore, than play chess. It is a game which no man who depends on his trade, business, or profession can afford to waste time in practicing. It is an amusement, 
and a very unprofitable one, which the independently wealthy alone can afford time to lose in its pursuit. As there can be no great proficiency in this intricate game without long-continued practice, which demands a great deal of time, no young man who designs to be useful in the world can prosecute it without danger to his best interests. A young gentleman of our acquaintance, who had become a somewhat skillful player, recently pushed the chessboard from him at the end of a game, declaring, I have wasted too much time upon it already. I cannot afford to do this any longer. This is my last game. We recommend his resolution to all those who have been foolishly led away by the present chess excitement as skill in this game is neither a useful nor graceful accomplishment.